Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. Welcome to uh, what for me is a very exciting episode. I'm, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna own it that this is uh, th- this is totally selfish because we're going to be talking about uh, about travel and especially holiday holiday travel uh, and and how to do it in in the most cost effective uh, um, I guess uh, way possible. Um, and and although travel is a big part of my fun and my, it's kind of my big expense in life, other than uh, food, um, I, I'm not an expert. So. Uh, I've been uh, stalking for years. Uh, uh, Patrick, who runs his, his Twitter handle, is um, Travel Bug Bitten. I'm going to repeat that: Travel Bug Bitten. And uh, Patrick, thanks so much for joining us. No, no, it's great to be here. Um, like you said, it's, uh, travel is probably also my big expense after after food. Uh, so it's something I, I do put away money for every month, and I'm, I'm quite fortunate I get to travel for work as well. Um, so it's something I do quite a lot. So um, I've got I've got about seventeen hours of questions and about twenty minutes uh, of of time before my producers will will cut me off. So um, I thought maybe uh, to, to start with, uh, you know, maybe some insider tips on on how people can put together kind of a um, you know holiday with without breaking the. The, the bank and and secondly th- that they don't end up just eating you know um, McDonald's in in the in a terrible hotel somewhere in the you know far away from nowhere. Well, I, I mean the the terrible hotel might be one of my one of my secret tips. I mean you don't go to you don't go on holiday to go and sit in a hotel room which you know even when you spend a lot of money is not nearly as nice as your house. You know you go there to to experience something, to go and see a place, to go and uh, do something different that you can't do anywhere else. Um, so I found my best holidays are actually the holidays where I spend very little time in the hotel room. You know, so uh, that is one place I do trim the budget. Um, I go for a more uh, lower cost hotel room, um, and then I, I take the money that I'm saving in the hotel room and I spend it on experiences like going up a volcano or uh, you know doing something really interesting. So one of my favorite trips was actually when I cycled across um, Austria. Uh, it's the Danube River. You can follow it all the way along. And, uh, you know, they, the whole purpose of the holiday there is, is the, the trip almost. You know, you're really enjoying that. So I can remember in one of my hotel rooms, I could touch both walls of the, the hotel room uh, wall without, uh, without a single problem. Um, and, uh, you know, it was my favorite holiday. And uh, the hotel room cost was, was minute, um, you know, spending very little money. Um, also, I don't. I'm not too scared of having a hotel room where you've got a shared bathroom because if you're going to have a small room, you know, you might not want to have the bathroom in the room. So, in that case, I would, I would go for a place where there's a separate bathroom. It uh, brings the cost down even more. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, what else can I tell you? I mean, uh, yeah. So that would be the hotel room. Um, obviously, there's. Uh... Well, let's stay on that for a second, Patrick. So, so um, um, as you're saying, and I'm just I'm having sort of visions in my head of of getting into the bed, and it's kind of sagging. You know, the mattress is sagging on the floor, and 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 bed bugs are eating me alive. So, how do you get that balance of not going to five star ultimate luxury, but uh, but but also being able to sleep for the night? Reviews are very important. The place has to be clean. So, if it doesn't get sort of high marks and cleanliness, then I'll I'll avoid that. And do you have a pre- preferred kind of platform to look at reviews? So I look, I, I shop around between Airbnb and all of the other big uh, big groups. 
So booking.com is my favorite. And one of the, one of my big tips might be to actually become a level three genius on booking.com because they've got, I mean, they link into virtually every hotel chain and it's not a lot of hard work to become a level three genius. They say you've got to do 15 trips in two years, um, but they, they don't tell you who has to do the trips and they don't tell you how long the trips have to be. So if you've got a family that travels a lot and you make a booking for your wife or you make a booking for your uncle and you make a booking for yourself, all of those count. And it also it doesn't tell you how long the booking has to be. So if you make a, if you're going away for a week and you make a two day booking and then a three day booking, that counts as two bookings. So it's actually it's really easy to become a level three genius on Booking.com, and then you get a twenty percent discount a lot of the time. So that really does help a lot. Fantastic. So so it's it's both money saving and you're using them for for quality control as well. Yeah, yeah. The reviews are massively important. Um, I've uh, I think I've only had one one place where I got to the place and I thought I'm actually not staying here. And uh, there were a couple of cockroaches around, and uh, that was an Airbnb in that case. And Airbnb refunded us, and I found another place. Okay, fantastic. I think that's a, a, a massive cross saver. I mean, the hotels can, especially if I guess if you're in the developed world, can be a massive. Uh, kind of drain for, as you say, not much benefit. Yeah. So my, my work travel is always in sort of uh, deepest, darkest Africa where places can be a little bit dodgy. But um, I've always found that uh, if you shop around, mostly on booking.com and that, you'll find good reviews for reasonably, reasonable prices. Uh, for my only, my only real want is I want hot water. If I don't get hot water or a clean room, then I'm out of there. Um, otherwise, I'm quite happy. Um, although we've had some work trips where that wasn't possible and then there's one room that's got hot water and we reserve that as a shower room but that's work it's not pleasure at all so. uh, i'm just thinking about um i'm married to the spreadsheet queen and i don't think i'd get her past a hotel with with a shared bathroom or or no hot water i must tell you <laughs> uh and and uh, and so so Patrick, if we go from accommodation, I mean, do you find uh, uh, any any kind of ideas or around getting to like you know flying or any ways that you, you can find ways to cut costs there, or is it just use the web and the web's your friend? Yeah, look, the web is your friend. I mean, uh, you can shop around. Skyscan is pretty good. Uh, Google Flights is pretty good. I find if you adjust the dates, uh, it helps a lot, and if you adjust the airports where you're going, it also helps a lot. Um, I had one trip where I flew into uh, the UK to go to, um, we were starting in Germany in Passau, but to get there, the cheapest route was actually to take two flights. So we hop into Brussels and then hop into Germany and it cut the costs in half. And then on the way back, for some reason, uh, if we left via Vienna, it was expensive. But if we took a train to Budapest and then left via Budapest, it was really cheap. So you've got to try move around your locations a bit. I mean, it was also great for me because I'd never been to, to Budapest. So I got to see a new place, but that helped a lot. Um, otherwise, you know, if you're lucky enough to be working uh, and traveling, uh, we take a lot of trips where we take advantage of one of us having a free flight. So if my wife is working like we did uh, a few years ago, she had a work trip to Chile. Um, I'd never been to Chile. So we decided to to pay for my ticket and her ticket was paid for and then we rented a camper van and we got to drive around uh, patagonia and crossing in between chile and argentina so i mean that cut the cost in half just because we were lucky enough to work i think m nearly half of our european trips we've also uh, you know one of us is at a, a trip to europe that we just sort of hack onto hack a holiday onto the beginning or the end and and so let's stay on the camper van for a second so um, I'm, I'm always afraid that i um are they going to ask me for you know where driver's licenses stuff or i'm going to struggle for campsites it, was it quite easy traveling around chile in a, in a camper van oh uh, just great yeah um so 
the South African license is in English, so it means it's accepted virtually any in the, anywhere in the world, so that's not a big problem. Uh, one tip there, if you're renting a car or renting a camper van, never, ever take the insurance. The insurance is often more, more expensive than the price of the rental if you take it at the rental agency. Um, but if you go to rentalinsurance.com or one of these sites, you get uh, insurance on the excess of your car rental, which is very cheap. And it means if anything happens, you know, you've got to hand over the 20,000 rent excess, but then it gets come, it comes back to you eventually. Um, but yeah, Chile and Argentina, I did make one mistake. I, I went for a cheaper camper van that never had a shower on board. And because of that, it meant I had to spend every other night in a proper campsite. Whereas if you spend a little bit more and you get a camper van that's got a shower, uh, then you can wild camp, you know, most of the time until you run out of water. And uh, in Chile and Argentina, wild camping was the absolute highlight. Uh, you'd park next to one of the big lakes. It's beautiful. Uh, Spanish people bring out their guitars at night. They start singing and stuff. So it was a really good time. Uh, so if I could have done that more, if I could do that again, I would get a camper van with a shower and, and I'd be ready to go there. Uh, there's lots of apps that actually tell you where the, the good campsites are, or at least the good uh, parking sites are. Um, I can't remember what the name is. It was a few years ago now. Um, but if I think of it, I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, basically, we followed that. So it's again, it's got photos, it's got recommendations. It says nobody's going to bother you if you park here. If you park here, there's a chicken that crows at 6 a.m. every morning or whatever. Uh, and it really is. Uh, the, the world of apps has opened up travel in ways I could never believe. You know, like... Previously, if I was going to a country, especially if I don't speak the language and that, you know, you stress out, you make sure you know exactly how to get from the airport to your hotel. Nowadays, I walk in and I open my phone and I go to Google Maps and it gets me there, whether I need to take this bus or that bus, you know, everything's all organized for you. If you don't speak the language, you open up Google Translate and it translates both whatever you're saying, whatever the other people are saying. So it really helps massively. And I guess that's a, that that's another uh, a tip then is just make sure that you you have you always have data on your phone when you go, you know, and and do it you know do it cost effectively. Yeah. So data overseas is more more is cheaper than in South Africa, which is really cool. So when I land, I typically you know I know which SIM card to get because there's websites now which tell you which SIM card is the best for the different countries. Um, and then I, I, I do load it up. I mean, Google Maps, you can download offline maps, but it doesn't give you, it only gives you driving directions then. It doesn't give you buses or trains or anything like that. So getting a SIM card is really useful. And it's never more than, you know, 50 rand, maybe 100 rand. In Amazing. And and I must say, uh, one of your posts that really caught my eye was, you know, I can't remember the destination now, but it was somewhere in, in Africa and it was kind of, kind of a country I'd never thought of. And you were saying, you know, this is kind of one of uh, one of the hidden gems. So so I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going to ask you to rack your brain because you might not remember, but... Uh, but but just uh, you know, kind of countries in Africa that surprised you that you would say would be a great place to go on holiday. Uh, there's so many. Um, so I love being at Lake Malawi. Um, it's uh, it's like being in a tropical beach without sharks. It's it's brilliant. You know, nothing's going to eat you in the water. Um, it's uh, I've got more fish and more species of fish in Lake Malawi than in the North Atlantic. You know, so it's it's massively uh, full of uh, sort of sea. Oh, not sea life, lake life, and uh, lots of fish eagles floating around. So that was really cool. Um, I also like, obviously, all the islands. Tanzania is great. Comores is great. Um, Seychelles is great. Uh, we spent our honeymoon at, no, sorry, we got engaged in the Seychelles, um, which, if you're not eating in restaurants, is actually a really cost-effective place to go. Um, 
You do need to, we spent a night in uh, Addis Ababa in Ethiopia going in and out, which is a bit of an adventure on its own. Um, but the the cost of living there is actually quite low until you walk into a restaurant. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't really need to go into restaurants too often if the food is really good in supermarkets, uh, which it was. Uh, Namibia. Namibia is like being on Mars. I mean, it's got so much variety and, uh, you know, massive rocks and uh, giant sand dunes on the coastline. So we took a drive into Namibia a few years back. Um, again, my wife had some work there. She was doing a, a hair shoot. And so we drove in a bus full of models and <laughs> had a good holiday in Namibia. <laughs> And, uh, and and Patrick, you, you mentioned Comores. So that, that's a kind of a country that seems to have fallen off the radar of of uh, so, so many mainstream, let's say, advertising. Is, is and I, I'm assuming because they had quite a few uh, um, coups and the like in the in the past. Is that is is that a, a a place that's safe for us to travel to? Yeah, it's not a place that worries me at all. Um, I'm quite happy to go there. We from our office, we send staff there every now and then, and uh, you know the reports back. Oh, it's all actually fine. There's no problem at all. Amazing, uh, and and uh, and and it, I guess is very similar to the tropics, the tropical countries that, uh, in the area. Uh, yeah, so um, you know I haven't been to too many. It's you know the Seychelles was much prettier than the Comores. The Comores was cheaper there. Um, otherwise, I've also I've been to Madagascar quite a few times. So it's very similar to all of that. You know, you're going to get uh, a really pretty beach, and you're going to have uh, very cheap food, and you're going to have a comfortable hotel with spending very little. Uh, so yeah. Definitely to be recommended. And you, you floated another gem past us there uh, around Stout of the restaurants and, and just do the self-catering route and, you'll, and, and you, your budget will go far. It's, it's, it's amazing the difference. In South Africa, our restaurants are actually quite cheap if you compare it to what it costs you to go and buy food and eat and eat at home. You know, um, But in the rest of the world, there's a massive difference. It's like this monstrous gulf, you know. Um, I've been to a really expensive city like Geneva, you know, where if you walk into a restaurant, you come out, you know, feeling much poorer than when you went in. Um, but if you go to the supermarkets and you look around, you get all the really nice food, you know, like if you go to if you go to Rome, you get all the Italian food and the Italian cheeses and uh, olives and all the rest. And it costs you pretty much what you would spend, you know, shopping uh, for the same sort of ingredients in South Africa. But then you go and get to have a picnic outside the Colosseum or along the Seine and or, you know, sit under the Eiffel Tower and have yourself a picnic instead of sitting in a, a restaurant that might as well be a restaurant anywhere else in the world um, because you don't know where you are, you know. So that's typically what we do, and it works well. And I must say, from, from my perspective of traveling, uh, um, not, as, not as much as you, but I've noticed that we're almost always disappointed when we do go into restaurants. In, you know, South Africa, I think the standard here is, is phenomenal. Uh, r- relative to global places. And as you say, you end up paying five or 10 times the price. Yeah, no, it is. It's massive. Yeah, My wife is always the one who's disappointed by the restaurants. And uh, I mean, even we went into Argentina, who are known for their steaks. I'm like, no, no, this, I could get a better steak in Joburg, you know, or in Namibia. But uh, yeah. And Patrick, uh, when you uh, when you're planning to kind of uh, spend the money on the other side, how do you how do you do that with with your kind of travel expenses? W- what's your method of transacting? Um, so I use my Capitec card actually uh, out of all the cards because if you so most banks in South Africa are going to charge you a currency conversion fee, and it's like two point seven five percent, which is quite a, a heavy fee. And uh, for some reason, Capitec doesn't. They they take the transaction at cost price. So I mean, even if you don't bank with them, open up Capitec's account, stick money in it, and go and swipe when you t- when you when you're overseas. They have recently introduced a one rand fee for a currency conversion, 
Um, but because you're saving the 2.75%, it's still, it's virtually nothing. It's definitely the way to go. And, and, and similarly, I'm guessing if you, if you do need to use cash for some reason. Yeah. Um, so cash is a little bit different. They, you know, they do charge some fee on the cash. I can't remember what it is exactly. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I managed to open myself a European bank account as well as bank called N26. And for a while, I just wanted you to be resident in Europe to be able to get the bank account. And, uh, I was resident the day I applied for it, <laughs> and uh, they gave me the bank account. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, Capitec is probably cheaper than most, uh, definitely cheaper than the mainstream banks, although Capitec is now a mainstream bank. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they do it at, at cost price. I guess it's not where they're looking to make money, because uh, I would imagine that they're aiming at the lower income levels. But hands down, the best card to travel with is your Capitec. Unbelievable. And uh, I'm, I'm going to bank that because I, I ended up with my bank opening up one of their global accounts and then using a credit card linked to that. Yeah, and you're still going to be paying those currency conversion fees. You know, it might be lower. It might be 1% if you're lucky, but it's still there. And uh, yeah, it's not there with Capitec. So. Yeah, thank you. I'm banking that one. Uh, uh, Patrick, uh, I'm, I'm going to start preparing you now uh, for my favorite question. I ask all my new guests, which, uh, but I'll give you some time to think about it. Uh, you know, if you had to meet your 21-year-old self now, uh, what would be the one lesson you would want to want to teach the 21-year-old Patrick? And it doesn't have to be about travel or about personal finances. So I was I was always a really good saver. I, I decided to have this rule that I will save half my salary from when I start working, and I started working at. Uh, at 22. But uh, the one thing I didn't do was I didn't invest any of it. So I saved that a nice, really big fat bank account. And it was when I was 26 that I first started investing. Uh, so in, that's, in that case, I, I decided to buy properties because that's all I thought would make money. And it was only a few years later that I figured out that, you know, property is a job, it's not an investment and uh, switched to uh, sort of the stock market and ETFs and all the rest. But I would be much, much wealthier today if I took the money I was saving immediately and started investing in index funds from the word go. Well, uh, I mean that's a that, that, that's a lesson we we love to teach on, on on honest money as well as I think you know the the stock market as a whole is a relatively cheap place to to invest and much cheaper than buying a, a, a property and managing tenants and the like. Uh, it is work, yeah. Uh, Patrick from Travel Bug Bitten, thanks so much for for joining and and for sharing so freely with all your all your insights and ideas. I'm I'm really sure that a lot of our listeners will find uh, great value out of this as well. But I know I have, and and um, l look forward to following your travels in the future. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually about to move to Europe at the end of the month. In fact, I've bought a boat and I'm going to go and live on the Mediterranean and sail around a bit. Ah. I'm, okay, now I'm jealous and I'm glad this is over. No, best of luck and I, and I hope you have a, a, a great time on the med. All right, thanks very much, Ron. Great chatting. Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. 